On this episode of the Packer Pod, we talk about the Packers losing in or not getting that win in San Francisco. If you haven't already, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. the ground Jones with a swift move started right goes left touchdown hey everybody welcome back to the pack it up Packers podcast this is Ryan joined as always by Josh and Dan hello gents winning <laughs> Y'all that's what we do good thing Devontae adams head is made of metal okay <laughs> yeah i cannot be wrecked he must have just got missed it must have just missed hitting helmet to helmet yeah it's just one of those things that uh dan tweeted it out when you can see a guy's eyes first of all his body go limp his eyes just kind of slowly rolling back as he lays there, it's just like, this is not good. No, and went just, off. And it's just, how did he come back two plays later? I, dis- I, just, I disagree that he was knocked out, though. I, even with the camera zooming in, which that needs to be outlawed from any professional sport. Like, cool, cameraman, you can zoom in on a guy that's knocked out. But maybe you shouldn't. Like, maybe there should be some ethics in the cameraman committee. Uh, but I disagree. I, I think his eyes were, if you've ever been the wind knocked out of you, the only thing you're doing as you can't breathe is trying to get that first grasp of air. You're just like, oh. you know, you're just choking, just being like, come on, I'm I'm waiting for that first inhale. And it honestly looked a little bit like that. And then he was like, I think he dropped the F-bomb as he was sitting there just being like in pain. You know, I don't have to say the word he was saying, but that's what I saw and of course, I thought he was also concussed and wasn't coming back. But when he came back, I'm like, all right, I can write a different storyline. And to everyone who thought, you know, somehow the Packers get by concussion protocols without having to check their guys out, there's an independent, like, concussion doctor on the sidelines who lives in San Francisco, <laughs> who is not a Packer homer that had to be in that tent doing the analysis on Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. So he cleared concussion protocol. Get over it. Yeah, amazing. I like like I said, I, I think the the helmet just missed the helmet, maybe hit his throat or you know, his chest somehow, but yeah, amazing. That was targeting, right? One hundred percent. Let's just jump off the deep. Let's end. get that out of That's the way. The refs both ways. What the hell was that game? Yeah, I was gonna say the the spotlight if you know for this game, the person that really stood out on film was Jerome Boger, the, the, the chief ref, because <laughs> I, I, and I think somebody else brought it up because you got to, you feel sorry for the, our Detroit Lions compadres on the Ravens being able to snap like three seconds after oh God, uh, the time clock. Like there was just, it was a atrocious day of NFL refing, And we all know Viking fans. We all know bears fans. The amount of shit talking that's been done about how Packers pay the refs 
if you just watched an ounce of that game, whether it was a roughing the passer, which it was ridiculous, whether it was the missed helmet to helmet, whether it pass was interference, what the pass hell? interference where the guy is, is starting to fall, the ball hitting the ground to get shoved back into his stomach. It's just like, what is happening? That that whole game. So let's just I texted the group this last night. So you guys aren't allowed to answer. But for the listeners, I'm just going to give a half a second pause so you can state your opinion or your guess out loud. And then I'll tell you the answer over under what a ref makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. It's way over. It's two hundred and six thousand dollars a year. A referee makes. <laughs> and, and they yeah, suck. And yeah, most of these guys have a different job, a full time job. A lot of them are lawyers. Like have a job where they can build their own schedule. How great is that to add a two hundred thousand dollar job on top of that? Well, you know what? Maybe you should be good at it in the first place. Yesterday was an abomination of referees. They need to fix that. If if they care so much about the product, the idea that a guy can just go spear targeting Devonte Adams down the middle and they're just like, Duh, I, I don't know, I didn't see anything. And then the professional ref comes on TV and he's like, well, see, this is a mechanical error from the referees. They have a different position on the field nowadays. Like, no, you almost killed a guy on the field that can't be allowed. But And I don't care that we won. The refereeing still needs to be addressed. Yeah, the, the fact that they – the NFL, for how big it is, doesn't invest in their one thing that controls the game wholly. It controls the game and how the players play it. And you don't invest time and investment and money and personnel to actually train them up correctly because obviously they're not doing it right. Um, and, 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 and they're and too this. old. And like, Des caught it. And Des caught it. <laughs> and Des caught it. <laughs> <laughs> but but on to the game. On to the game. Uh, final score. Thanks to Mason Crosby. Who I just want to give a shout out. Coming into this season, I I was really thinking that age and leg strength were finally going to become an issue. Like I I, I had all the confidence in the world that he had all the confidence in the world. I just didn't I just didn't know if we were going to see old Mason of just that 50 and beyond. Dude crushes it. Like the dude is underrated. We went from Ryan Longwell to an even greater kicker I, for this what, 2-3 decade long stretch. It's unbelievable. But thank you Mason Crosby for the win. Rodgers, I mean jumping up into the pocket so well like if you never knew that this the Saints game happened, you'd be like, he is going to have another MVP season. Like he is, he's going for it. Uh, Jones steady throughout, got his yards when he needed to get his yards, and Devonte Adams, who we talked about to start this this episode, twelve receptions, one hundred and thirty two yards, one touchdown. Again, second week in the row, breaking guys' ankles off with these cutbacks. It's it's so so fun to watch, but. How do we feel about this offense, and in particular, this offensive line without Bach and without Jenkins holding God. up against Bosa and the boys? We covered so many topics already. So first of all, Mason Crosby, uh, as Father Mike, my good friend, texted me, St. Crosby drinks for free the rest of his life. This guy has had so many amazing clutch kicks, and we just count on him, and that kick was almost blocked, and he was still unfazed. Like, there's a lot of kickers that would have saw that guy rushing off the edge and pulled it, and he didn't. That was clutch. Um, I got to start with the offensive line, guys, like after Mason Crosby. 
the idea that on the first drive, Yash Nijman was not getting torn up, but Bosa was having an impact. And I think it was more schematic than anything else. Uh, but Nijman held up and, and they, they chipped, you know, Tanyan annihilated your boy Bosa on one play. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome to watch. Uh, and they helped them out. And Bosa even said, like, we have to counter the chipping and, and the double teams that they were doing better in the future. Um, that's fine. The idea that Nijman, Runyon, Myers and Newman held up against that front seven was so impressive. And I, I think it's a, a it's factual that it's based on Aaron Jones touched the ball 21 times. They kept yes. that defensive front honest. Yep. They, they did that. They included the screen game perfectly again, uh, which, which, Hey, come at me fast. Come, come all day. We'll just dump it right over you. Uh, so that was beautiful a couple times. Um, and, and what I love to see about the offensive line, because they were getting pushed back, you know, they, they were getting beat physically, but how they maneuvered the pocket for Rogers and Rogers did beautiful stepping up. Um, he even ran a bit. Most of the time. Um, but, you know, but the the defensive line was behind them. You know, they just would rush back and the offensive line would control them, control push outside and create a pocket for them. It was beautiful. I mean, it, it, they weren't perfect, um, but they got the job done. The run game was somehow it was a cluster mess that Aaron Jones just kept skating through. I, I didn't understand how they kept getting like Swifty. nine yards. It's just it, it was amazing. <laughs> It's that that offensive line, like you can have powerful offensive linemen or you can have agile zone blocking offensive linemen. And we are definitely in that that latter category where they're just built to be like, all right, Bosa wants to go upfield. We'll just let him run upfield. And and Jones is swifty enough of a runner. I'm going to drop another Father Mike reference in there. He's listening from Columbia right now, so he's going to be really excited about this. But he's swifty <laughs> enough to run through that to pick up that yardage. The running game surprised me. Um, the whole offensive line. And then on top of that, to say that that young offensive line, Nijman had, what, like 16 snaps prior to that, two rookies, to execute that final drive of 37 seconds, no timeouts, getting down there in time to spike the ball. Everything about that, so impressed with the offense. It's sexy. I know this is a 180-degree turnaround from week one, but, you know, first half, Offense looked amazing, and then they lit it back up late enough that that was just a game that's got the entire Packer fan base flying high. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that got us down were, were the calls in the, in the third quarter. I mean, if they didn't stop our momentum uh, at, uh, with that kickoff return at the end of the half, if they didn't have that, I, I don't even think this is a close game. Were you surprised with how much we went five wide? No. No, spread, spread out the middle of that defense. Literally not leaving a tight end or a running back to chip any of those pass rushers. Well, it was also interesting, and I was going to bring that up. Uh, the blocking not only on the line but everywhere. Lazard had an awesome block. Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis both took and won against Bosa in, in multiple snaps. I, I think it's a matter of having to spread the field, allowing Rodgers quick outs to, to relieve pressure. Uh, I think it was just a mix up of in order to beat a team that is this good defensively. And with this many studs, I think it, it was just a matter of give them all the formation, spread it wide, bring it compact, yeah. do whatever you need to do. And, uh, Luckily for the Packers, the secondary for, for 49ers got 
awfully banged up by the end of the, the game. And it almost felt like we could have probably hit a few more deep throws that as much as we hate that, and I'll get to it in a second, the, the three and out towards the end of the game. Mm. I mean, man, between Lazard, MVS, these guys were hauling down the field yeah. and it was, it was awesome to see. Finn, you called it. You you said you saw this on film that it would be open downfield. So uh, good eye there. Deep shots were easy, and you know that first one from Lazard was on number 24. They were going to go after Kawan Alexander all day, and he came up with a hamstring. And then MVS came up with a hamstring, so my MVP pick can only have three catches and a touchdown. I think he would have feasted if he if he didn't mm-hmm. have a, a tight hamstring. Uh, but, yeah, they attacked 24. The deep shots were there. You know, on the flip side of the ball, they were, they were getting a pass rush up the middle. You know, everything I was sort of hoping for came true, and – uh, it all came through with Devontae just being stone cold at the end. <laughs> like, for him to run over the middle after getting knocked out the way he did and running over the middle for two catches with 37 seconds left, is, the whole offense impressed me. And you guys just brought up Alan Lazard multiple times. Can we just call out what he did with special teams too? Because that kick return that almost broke our back and gave the 49ers 14 points unanswered between the end of the second quarter and the start of the third – Lazard went up to Maurice Drayton and said, put me on special teams. I don't want to see that happen again. And Matt LaFleur came out today. This is why I love that we record 24 hours later. You get some of these stories and comments post game. LaFleur came out today and said Lazard was busting his butt and he was the first one down there on kick return on kick coverage unit after that happened. Like, wow. Bravo to Lazard. How do you not love that man? after doing Get it, that? man. Get it. So I do want to mention uh, I, I love Aaron Rodgers, and the only negative I would have to say is he's so good. We talked about spreading the ball around. There was there was nine different targets. I think eight different receivers this game. It was it was awesome to see. But do you think it was him or Lafleur just thinking that they were going to put their their foot on the throat going deep 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 the three, three deep times around? Yeah. Rogers, I put, it, I put it on Rogers. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you can see it in his eyes. He wants to win. He wants to win, and he wants to win bad. And he hasn't. Last year, he didn't really bite into that. I, I, let me say, he, he didn't really, you know, choose to go his own route a lot. You know, the game plan normally worked from the beginning of the game. So in the third quarter, when things were stalling, you could tell that he was trying to force things that just weren't there because he. You know, he knows Devontae Adams normally catches it nine out of ten times he throws it to him or whatever. Um, So as soon as that calms down, I think this offense is even going to get better. I mean, because they're clicking and the route running is just on another level from last year. Um, So, I mean, if if they stop forcing things that aren't there and just take what is given, because most of the time there's someone open on the field um, and that's not a regular thing. So it's good to see a good problem. I think that last dance mentality came through on the fourth and one from the goal and they went for it. Like it was step on the throat. Let's finish them. And it didn't come through. It didn't happen. But even beyond that, it Rogers looks like he's out for, you know, just annihilating people after week one. Like let's not forget where we were Mm -hmm. 14 days ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, if we want to talk about negatives on top of the three deep balls and out, he then had that throw to Devontae where he could have put it 
over the shoulder or a back throw pass and he decided to just line drive it in in the corner without even looking just stuck his hand out and knocked it down that was a terrible pass that i'm sure he wants back which is like the professional journalism way of saying like i'm gonna make fun of you but in case you hear this uh, i want you to know you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing it out of full respect and i know aaron Rodgers isn't gonna hear this but that throw he's gotta want back because he could have gone over the top and let Devontae get a chance, get a pass interference penalty. He could have gone back shoulder. Devontae stops on a dime. After Devontae watches Lamar Jackson film, that guy is stopping on a dime faster than he ever has before. He, he's looking to juke everybody out of their shoes. But instead, Rodgers just throws it on a rope in front of him like uh, like below average NFL quarterback would do. And it's like – of all the throws you could have made right there to your all-star receiver, that was a terrible one. I'm sure he wants that back. So the beauty is they got out of there with a W, but there was still plenty beyond the refs, you know, the missed calls, the offensive line being misaligned, the missed throws from Rodgers, the play calls, whoever you want to put it on. There's things they can improve on, absolutely, but they look so much better than where they were two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this defense who uh, we've had discussions of Joe Barry. We've had discussions on are we even going to get any pressure in the backfield? Boys, we're improving. It is a good trajectory to be to be on. And to put that in perspective, the San Francisco 49ers had two QB hits in the game. The Green Bay Packers defense had 11 with four sacks. And a third of Mr. Garoppolo's dropbacks were pressured. An unreal performance by that D-line that we talked a lot about in the negative form. Jair with a beautiful kind of over-the-shoulder uh, interception. Uh, fumble recoveries that were <laughs> – that Garoppolo <laughs> still thinks he threw <laughs> incomplete. But let's talk about this defense who is definitely making strides in the right direction. Man, it it was a pleasure. Even just the first drive, you could see they had the energy. You could see they were ready. Um, even the defensive line, I mean, it, it was night and day from the first two games. Um, but I, I, I have a new love child. It's Devon J. Campbell, boys. Holy Yeah, hell. that's your boy. His sideline to sideline. His <laughs> sideline to sideline cover. He was there. He was there. He dropped but he, your pick. But uh, my new hot prediction is he's getting a turnover or a recovery every game. That's what's happening. That that man is he's so good. He's so good at covering the tight end. They had him line up man on man on Kittle multiple times. And, you know, he had the underneath. So he always had over top uh, help. Um, and the safeties played pretty well. Amos, eh, but Savage had a great game um, and it worked. He's quick enough. He's fast enough to keep up. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how this defense continues to grow because they're, they're only starting to get it. They got they got so much better. It, it, maybe it was just the weakness of the 49er interior offensive line, which we called out in our preview podcast. But Kenny Clark had six of those. 11 or 12 quarterback hurries. The stat I saw was half of those were Kenny Clark right up the middle. He destroyed mm-hmm. Alex Mack on a, on a run play that we retweeted out. And he played 89% of the snaps. So we've consistently been saying Kenny Clark needs to pull back. We need to see him on 60 to 70% of the plays so he can make uh, an impact on those snaps that he's in there. 
it didn't matter in this game. They, they were, I'll put it this way, when Garoppolo was making that final drive, I was counting on the pass rush. I wasn't looking for Jair to make a play. I wasn't looking for Savage, Amos, any of those guys to make a play. I'm like, I'm counting on the pass rush to decide this game. And now they didn't exactly on the final drive with Garoppolo, but for the majority of the game, the pass rush was the difference maker. And and Josh, I, I think you've watched it either back a second time or at a more analytical level than I, because you've got some comments on on Amos and some of the backup middle linebackers. But it really felt like we missed Chris Barnes after his concussion. Like the the run game for the Niners opened up a little more, and I just felt like we weren't quite as assignment sound with Summers and Burks in there. Was was that what you saw? Oh yeah, some Summers. I I love I love you, man. But you're it's you're just not strong enough. He was getting pushed back left and right. I I think they brought him in first, and then Orm Burks uh, sort of took over after Ty Summers was just getting blown up. Um, and Orm Burks did a little better. He did get a couple good rushes, I believe. Yeah, half a sack. Yeah, I was surprised um, he ended up with five more snaps than Summers. And Ryan and I had commented that it felt like Summers was in there on every play after Barnes went down, but. Burks had 25 snaps to Summers 20. Yeah, yeah. And Amos, Amos looked lost a little bit. I mean, he had one clear chance at an interception in the end zone um, to end a drive that the 49ers had, and he he just didn't even look at it. Uh, and then there were a couple other times where he, he sort of was a little too aggressive um, and missed. Uh, so, you know, he, he could improve some, but – Really, yeah, if we don't have Barnes, we're in trouble in the middle. I mean, Campbell can't do it all. Uh, he's helping with the tight end coverage and, uh, you know, drop back zone coverage. But we need some some help in the middle. And if it's not Amos and if it's not any of our backup linebackers, you know, it could be a long year if Barnes gets really hurt. I think they're still working. You know, I'm going to use the term waiver wire, but the, the trade wire, all the wires to find another middle linebacker. And it, you've seen that in their workouts midweek. They keep pulling in middle linebackers. I think they know they're they're not very deep after Campbell and Barnes, and it showed. And it luckily it didn't cost us the game, but it showed pretty bad. Hopefully Barnes can come back, you know, for a, a tough game against the Steelers, a, a physical game against the Steelers. Um, but overall, I mean, you got to be pretty happy with the intensity that defense brought. And I think they're even doing things that we've been asking for just as a fan base, like not specific to us. We're not the geniuses that solved every problem, but Lancaster, 17 snaps. He was in on 24% of the plays. And you know what? You actually saw him make an impact on Yeah, twice. I think, I think we counted two plays. Yeah. But but that's the percentage you need. He, he needs to be that guy that comes in for 25%. And he can make an impact on 25% of his snaps then. You saw Lowry make a couple plays. Mm -hmm. You saw Channon Sullivan and let's get to Eric Stokes. Play some pretty good defense. Man. And I'm sorry about Kevin King's illness, but I think your spot just got taken. You can you can lose a position to injury, injury slash illness, and I think Kevin King just lost his position. Yeah, one hundred percent. Eric Stokes is night and day better. I mean he was always with the corner. Yes. Sometimes he fell a little bit behind, but he has the speed always to make up. Um, he had the where wherewithal to, you know, put his hand out at good timing, not interfering, not interfering. Um, and, and I think he had like two pass deflections, one, one or two. Um, so what I saw out of him is 
I'm more excited for him than I was at, with Jair Alexander his first year. He he has more. Yes, he. I think he's more athletic. Um, he's longer than Jair Alexander, and if he actually gets you know the NFL brains that Alexander has built, uh, I mean he. The, this is going to be a dynamic quarterback duo. I mean it's going to be fun to watch for a couple years. Which is crazy because I think leaving the game, my initial thought was Jair had a rough game. But then you think back, and I think Dan brought up, it was a perfect route on the touchdown. The Debo catch shouldn't have been caught. I don't know how Debo held on to it. Jair ended up with three pass deflections. Like, he still, even on his quote-unquote eye test bad days, he still is playing amazing level for a, a cornerback in this league. And as you mentioned, if Stokes can evaluate and read plays, it's less about him using his speed to catch up, and it becomes speed to make an interception. It becomes speed to do some other things that are are out of this world. And so we're very, 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 very close, and this is an absolute biased opinion, but we're very close on having the cornerback duo in the NFL, and it won't be remotely close. Yeah, I mean, we got give Stokes a couple of years to to grow into that position. He's going to have some bad days along with the good days. The route to Pro Bowler is not perfect, linear. Dan. Perfect. He's perfect. Yeah, it's, it's not a linear route to Pro Bowl. He's going to have some bad days, but agree. I I appreciate that you backed down from the Jair had a bad day because that seven stop route, the corner route that then they just cut off. He's still in his hip pocket. It was just perfect timing by Garoppolo. Debo's a, a physical, great wide receiver. We talked about him in the preview podcast. So for him to give up a couple catches, I'm okay with it, right? It, he's still a top corner in the league. I'm not going to hold that against him. But what Stokes showed was on top of the, just the recovery speed, he, he was tracking – uh, Kittle down deep when Jair made the pick. He was in a guy's hip pocket when Collinsworth highlighted on a replay. The guy had actually, whichever receiver it was, it might have been Ayuk, had made uh, a double cut on the route, and Stokes was still in his hip pocket just playing great defense. Like I'm so excited about what I saw there, and that has potential to be such a great cornerback duo where you're just like counting your riches. You're like, how do we have both these guys on the same team? And that was his third week. So really excited, A, that we saw what we saw, but B, that we gave him the reps. Because if he looked like that in practice, why was he not playing? Mm -hmm. Why was he not playing? It's – I know that there were some people that were questioning this defense. And, again, you can't base an entire season off one week when we saw what we saw in week one. But, man, if you – if the special teams helps out just a little bit, if the penalties that were just atrocious aren't called, I mean, they probably walk out of this game with a, a 27-14-ish area. And you got to imagine, too, that even though we all knew Trey Lance was going to run the ball, there wasn't a single person in the world that's like, oh, Trey Lance might throw this. No, he was always going to run it. But still, they had an opportunity to even stop him then. Like, it's it's dramatic improvement and you talk about the pressures and you talk about how the secondary looks and Amos hasn't had the season that he's probably wanted to thus far. And we've been without big Z. Can you imagine if we got to Garoppolo a third of the passes mm. and had Zadarius on the other side? I mean, good God almighty. So we'll see what happens. And, and one hey. last thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Get your, uh, I'll, I'll put mine in. Then you go with your one last thing. 
the 49er rushing game that we all joked about destroying us with guys on crutches. 21 rushes, 67 yards, three points. Come believe Come believe I I put it all on Slayton. Way to go, TJ. Yeah, his two reps. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My last thing was actually going right back to special teams, Bojo. Bojo, first of all, being able to catch that first uh, field goal by Crosby, it was flopping around. He somehow brought it back. Amazing. But this dude. I'm telling you, the amount of times that he has crushed a ball and it has landed within two yards of the sideline, he he just kind of pinpoints it in. I think he was up around 55, 56 mm-hmm. average last night. I Very love, nice. I love nice. not only his, his the distance that he gets, but this dude goes, where would you like me to place this ball? And he crushes it every Does single it. time. There was one. It was definitely one of those like sideline placement punts. And I don't know if the obviously none of us will know if the if the play call was for him to punt it out of bounds or to put it right on the sideline and let the coverage make a tackle. But he put it out of bounds. And I remember saying out loud, thank God, because no one on the coverage unit was within 20 yards. (laughs) But he put it 50 yards downfield and out of bounds perfectly. He's been putting every punt exactly where it needs to be. So the two kickers. We've got reliable guys, it looks like, if we can shore up our coverage units. And we really still need to talk about Amari on punt return. He's gone. Get get Hill in there. Get <laughs> just Hill give, in there. Just give me Randall Cobb. Give me someone that's confident in what they're doing. It, Amari's overthinking it. it yeah. Every, every catch, you're kind of like doing that wincing motion of like, is he going to catch it? I'm not quite sure. Everything's being way overthought. Uh, they need to address that. But uh, special teams – Getting a little better week by week. That's all we ask for. Looking ahead, we have this schedule. I mean, if we keep winning games, it's all good and dandy. But the Pittsburgh Steelers come to Green Bay. It is the CBS primetime game on Sunday. Teasing it out a little bit, TJ Watt will not be there as well as Juju Smith-Schuster being questionable and Ben, Big Ben limping around. It could be, if this defense wants it, three solid weeks in a row of, of turning up the heat and showing their value. But we'll have to see. Enjoy this moment of, of officially going out to the West Coast back-to-back years in San Francisco and, and winning wins right away. Yeah, it's awesome to see. But until next time. Thanks, everybody. Go pack up. Oh!